Okay, that's a little tiny bit of it. Tell us what's going sorry, on. Sorry, man. I've got sorry, I've got water in my eyes. <laughs> sorry about that. You know, but uh, such a very powerful individual, and we would like to know your story. What was going on? Right. Well, I'll tell you what was going on. I just come back from touring with um, just a little tour in Europe, and I come back, and I was, I was uh, back in London. Yeah. And uh, I was at my I was at my stepdad's house, Tunji's house. Mm. Probably about it was probably about it was, a, it was probably about midnight. Mm. And we got a phone call. He got a phone call from this guy, a guy called Ricky, mm. who lives. This is this is Belsize Park, and then you've got Haverstock Hill. So he lives the other side of Belsize Park. Mm. And he said to Tunji on the phone, "You've all excited. You've got to come round to my house, man. You've got to come. You, 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 you've got to come round to my house. You've got to, really got to come." Round. And like this, I'm thinking. This is a big guy getting really excited. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. And Tunji's gone, oh, Joe, Ricky wants us to know Tunji. Oh, he wants, he wants us to go around to his house. Okay, so like, it was summer. It was summer's night. It was nice. You know what I mean? It was really nice. And um, so we, we walk, went, went round there, walked round. We could walk round there. Ten minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. Walked round there. And we walked into Ricky's flat. And um, I'm going to tell you how it, how it was, how, how I saw it, yeah? Mm-hmm. We walked into Ricky's flat. And there was all these people in there. These people, a lot. These people are older than me, right? Remember, these people are all older than me, right? And we walked into the into the front room. And there was all these people like flustering around and like kind of. It was really weird. It was like it's like everybody was doing like their own show. Do you know what I mean? Every individual was doing like their own show. And, and I was like, I looked at them just like, what's going on here, man? I don't know what's what's going on here. <laughs> like, I, was, I don't know what's going. So anyway, we found two seats and we sat because everybody was all juggling. We just sat down. And then Ricky's come up and he's gone, oh, he says, uh, I'm going, all right, Ricky, what's going on? He goes, oh, he goes, oh, no, there's Marvin's here. And we look around, there's Marvin Gay sitting there, right? He's sitting there in the chair. And I was like, and this is when I now, this is when I kicked it all together, right? Where everybody was doing this stuff around him. And I don't know, I don't know, but I'm not saying how he, I'm not going to say, right? All I know is like, after about, 25 minutes of these people flustering around in front of me and T sitting down and this guy sitting there. I, I turned around to T and I went, T, I said, this is quite a bit, a bit embarrassing, brother. I think, can we, can we, should we just go back home? Sonny had the right. He went, yeah, Joe, let's go. So anyway, we sat there for another minute and said, right, right, well, where's Rick? Ricky, Ricky? And we still said, we're going to go. Marvin stood up and said, I'm coming with you. <laughs> and we kind of went, huh? <laughs> he went, no, I'm coming with you. And we went, Okay then, so now, it's now about, it's probably about half past one, two o'clock in the morning now, after all that, is that right? Yeah. And I'm, listen, listen, man, I'm walking through Belsize Park with my stepdad, Marvin Gay, this guy that used to, kind of like his guy that used to sort out stuff for him, and me. And I'm thinking, 
No, 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 no. This, this is how am I walking through Bellside Park at half past two in the morning on our way back to our house with Marvin Gaye because he wants to come with us. Well, he ended up staying with us for about three months. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, be... I can't. It's when I speak of Marvin, man, it's just yeah. Yeah, I know. It's very emotional. But the yeah. beauty about it all is that you're telling a really a fantastic emotional story and something that you captured with your eyes and your memory. Yeah. There was no selfie. No, no, you know? none of that. So you absorbed all of that presence, you know. Mm. I mean... I was, I was, I mean, I was, I was like, I, just, I couldn't believe it. I mean, my body was telling me, no. I'm going, if my mum could see me now, <laughs> anyway, I got, I, got, I got him to phone my mum anyway, just to see her reaction when I was there. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm thinking, if anybody could see me there, and I said, and I said to him, listen, if I said, you know, last night I was walking through Brussels, I spotted Marvin Gaye, everybody's going to look at me like, you're, you, don't be talking rubbish, man. <laughs> but like I say, I mean, it was really funny because up at the flat, up at T's flat in Bellsides Park, people used to come up up to the flat and you, to get in the flat you walk you walk along the corridor mm -hmm. you've got a bedroom there a bedroom there the toilet the bathroom then you get to the front room mm -hmm. and then you've got the kitchen is off the front room mm -hmm. and people used to walk down the thing and they walk in there and marvin would be sitting there right just like that yeah. cool like this like yeah. right? just sitting there like enjoying himself right? and people walk in and go joe come here a minute <laughs> right? and we go into the, into the kitchen they go joe that guy in there and often like marvin gay man i go no it is marvin gay bruv <laughs> Even my brother, my big brother, mm -hmm. my brother was talking to Marvin Gaye about his work. My brother's a master carpenter. Mm -hmm. Marvin didn't, he, he's let Marvin, he was talking, it was interesting what my brother was saying. It wasn't until I came in and said, Marvin, do you want a cup of coffee? That my brother went, click, it's Marvin Gaye I've been talking to. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's how cool that guy, that guy, right? That's how that guy is. And I don't blame him for wanting to get out, jumping up and going, I'm coming with you. Because him and my stepdad, Tony, as you met, they're very similar. Mm -hmm. they're, they're... Tell me something. I mean, to be in that sort of presence, um, you know, not like accidentally, but it happens, you know, it stays like three months. I mean, <sighs> being in this presence, did anything musically happen? Oh, yeah. At, the, at that time, yeah. my stepdad's daughter, Fumilayo, mm -hmm. 13 years old, wrote her own album, all the songs, mm -hmm. the piano parts, everything. Mm -hmm. We was recording her album mm -hmm. at Surrey Sound Studio, mm -hmm. which is gone now, I think it's a garage now, but at Surrey Sound Studio is where the police done Regatta de Blanc, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, with Nigel Gray and then the police, right? Okay. We, was, we, we were on the dead, we were the dead time people, you know, go after midnight until six o'clock in the morning, we were the dead time people. Graviate. So yeah, so we used to have to drive down to Leverhead, get in the studio, you know, get, you know, and, and we had till tw we had till six o'clock in the morning to do what we could. So we were up and down anyway. Well, was obviously while Marvin was saying saying um, things, he listened. To, he talked to Flamilio because she lived there as well, obviously, and he was like he's listening to her songs, like thing. She wasn't really 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 conscious of what's going on, right? She, yeah, but he ended up coming down to the studio and producing two of her tracks just because he could. And if, but, but when, see, when we walked in the studio with Marvin Gaye, mm -hmm. I don't have to say anymore, do I? You, we wasn't the, like the dead end kids anymore. Do you know, do you know that, that kind of thing, which is a bit, I find a bit kind of weird. Because we walked in there with Marvin Gaye, all of a sudden everybody, you're jumping around and jumping around now. Before they went, because I was them dead end boys, right? And the only, 
Nigel Gray's brother, he's got a brother called Chris, who was my stepdad, Tunji's friend. That's how we got it to go in that studio. And Chris was like a up and trying to be an up and coming engineer. Yeah? So that's how we could get the dead time and we just have to pay for the tape or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah? Um, but yeah, but when we walked in there with Marvin the first time, every, all the attitudes changed. It was really funny. But anyway. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to. So ask... I'm, I can remember, like, so I can remember, like I say, I can remember playing the drums on one of Fumi's tracks. And Marvin's next to me with headphones on playing claves, right? Quack, quack, right up like that. And we're just, just like, this is mad. <laughs> Do you know, this is crazy. Do you know what I mean? Such a, a memorable, you know, um, emotional story here. And I think so educational as well, because how many times we don't tell these stories, we don't know enough of this side of Joe Blake. Uh. So I think, you know, really thank you for giving us opportunity to open up to our listeners on, yeah. and about the history because it's fantastic. Let's send a shout there to James Walton and Graham. Shout there to you, sir. He says, amazing. And um, Steve as well says, marvelous Marvin. Yeah. 